sports columnist Jim Suhan joins us now. Hey, Jim, good morning. Morning, Jay. All right, Jim, uh, so go for basketball. Got knocked out of the Big Ten tournament. Lost to Maryland last night by 16. Um, freshman getting a lot of minutes. Um, did you see any growth uh, from these guys, at least the last few games that they played? I could be nice and say yes. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I like the I like the fact that Ola Joseph plays with the energy, but he did that earlier in the season. Henley, I thought, was kind of, you know, he had moments during the season. I didn't see any body of work that would make you feel great. I guess Payne, uh, you know, he looked pretty good yesterday. Uh, he's a big, strong guy. He's learned how to use his, his strength and his, his his weight around the rim. I thought he had nice moments. Um you know, I still think the big picture here is, though, uh, you know, not only did they lose the Evans commitment, but Jameson Battle is getting bad advice somewhere. Uh, he needs to play more college basketball. He needs to prove he's a dominant college basketball player before he goes, tries to make, make a living playing the sport. He should stay in school. He's making them. I'm all for players doing whatever is in their best interest for them, their families, their finances. But. Uh, he's he's not ready to go play pro. Uh, he, you know, he didn't he couldn't dominate a college conference. And now he wants to go, you know, be be good enough to really make a living playing basketball. I just don't see it. Is he and Talon Cooper, are they both guys that are graduating? I mean, is that part uh, of what's coming into play here for them? Because if they went, were yeah. to go back, they'd be grad students. Yeah. Uh, but and that'd be. That'd be a good excuse to leave if you were ready to play in the pros. Uh, again, these guys were average players on a terrible team this year. I what? Where do you see? You know, where do you see even a team in Israel or Turkey saying, "Oh, this is the this is the star we want to pay a lot of money to"? I just don't. I don't see it. Uh, Jim, so certainly trying to keep these four freshmen together, and you add um, a Christie uh, to that mix. I would assume that they're going to be looking for, and they, they've got a bunch of scholarships now because transfer. You've yep. got uh, two guys that are going to you know leave and in that uh, Cooper and Battle. So you and then you got Evans who decided to decommit. So now you've got three spots. So I suppose those are going to be transfer portal guys, probably. Um, and they need them, you know. And I think I think Johnson was really hoping that next year's team was going to be his first, where he really was dealing with mostly. Uh, his own recruits and really building something and it just doesn't look like it's going to work out it looks like he's going to need the transfer portal isn't it is college basketball better or worse for the new rules where players can transfer and not have to sit out at least if they do it one time uh, i think the game is worse um i also think that college basketball hasn't been what we grew up watching for a long time uh i i really think when you and i I'm older than you. I'm assuming I'm older than everybody. Uh, but when you and I grew up watching college basketball, you know, the winning your conference was a big deal. Regular season games were a big deal. Big 10 games were a big deal. And I still remember I, you know, I moved all over the place as an air force bread. I remember when I lived on the East coast, I mean, you know, you watch North Carolina play North Carolina state or Maryland. I mean, it was, it, that was, it felt as big as the NFL back then. And now because the, the tournament is so uh, incredibly popular, even among non-basketball fans, and the conference tournaments can send you to that tournament. Uh, regular season still has meaning, of course, but no individual game feels that important. So I think college basketball has lost a lot there. Uh, players leaving early hurt college basketball. Now players 
leaving early or going to the transfer portal, I think it's hurt basketball. But here's the thing. It hasn't hurt the NCAA tournament. We're still going to go nuts over the NCAA tournament. And I really think that's all about all they care about. Do you think the tournament should expand anymore? Is 68 a good number? I mean, 68 works for me. Uh, what we have seen, another recent development, relatively recent development in sports is, you know, what all these leagues have decided is there's too much money in the game. There's too much financial risk in the game to have systems where a lot of games are found to be meaningless. Look at the Gophers. We knew fairly early they weren't going to be competitive and nobody went to Williams Arena. So, you know, if the more teams you put in the NCAA tournament, the more regular season games seem to have some meaning. Uh, and the more you draw, the more money you make, et cetera, et cetera. That has worked for the NBA, the NHL, baseball. Now football has even expanded to 17. Uh, they just, and, and they've all expanded. I mean, they've all expanded their playoff fields because that, I mean, look at the, the Wolves a bit were an average team for most of last year. They're an average team this year. And we're still talking about whether they're going to make the, like the fifth seed or sixth seed or seventh seed or a play in game. I mean, these, it makes all the games meaningful. So even though I don't need the NCAA tournament to be bigger than 64 or 68 teams, I wouldn't be surprised if eventually they expand it because that will make more regular season games meaningful. Yeah, it, but that sounds like that's you know makes it more meaningful and and it's kind of money behind all that. Is, is that yeah? Would that be bad for the sport though long term? I mean, you're kind of watering down you know the talent that that makes the tournament maybe making it seem like it's less of an accomplishment to make the NCAA tournament then. And, and that's the that's the yin yang, the push pull of this. Uh, if you expand, let's say you expand expand it to you know 128 teams. Uh, well, yeah, the the theoretical good thing would be then if uh, if you know the Gophers could have made it to like the semifinals of the Big Ten tournament, maybe they get it as 128th team. You know, I mean, uh, it, it, and it would mean that all those games down the stretch might have actually felt like it had a little more meaning to them. They would have had more to play for. Fans would have had more would have been able to attach uh, meaning to them. Now the question is how much meaning, you know, how 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 big a draw, how big a, uh, how much interest you gain if you're battling for that 128th spot. Jim, uh, turning attention to some other things going on, uh, Twins played the Dominican Republic team yesterday, um, and uh, they're going to play against the Orioles tonight. What are some of the things that uh, that you've noticed at spring training for the Twins this year, either that you expected or wanted to see that you now have a little bit more knowledge about because we've seen it. You know, I'm, I, I hate going, always going back telling you that spring training is pretty meaningless except for health, but spring training is pretty meaningless except for health. I will say that what jumped out at me when I was down there, what I've continued to talk to people about is uh, the bullpen could be really deep and really good. And they've never entered with Falvey, they've in charge, they've never entered season with a really a lockdown bullpen. They've always been kind of hoping and moving people around and hoping things work out. This is, I mean, Jorge Alcala could be like their seventh best reliever, and he th- he throws like 98. I mean, this could be a really good bullpen. It, it also, uh, you know, seeing Correa interact with teammates and staff down there, it's just so clear that he is the dominant figure in this franchise. It's so so clear how important it was for them to get him back, uh, and he is, I think, the rare player who can make people around him better, but both with uh, by leading by example and also talking to people. Um, I also sensed a great confidence in this group. Uh, 
you know, unprompted, a lot of players talked about how, hey, we're going to win a lot of games this year. Uh, the players were thrilled to have Correa back. They're thrilled to have the bullpen built out. Uh, thrilled to see the, the role players come in for a team that had so many injuries. And frankly, I think they're really excited about the new trainer, the new head of athletic trainer. I think they feel like, uh, you know, the, the injuries got out of control last year. And I think they have some faith that this guy can help fix that. Jim, how about uh, Uren Duran, uh, who has been just throwing the ball super hard at uh, spring training? I know he's, he threw it hard last year, too, but is he the hardest thrower in baseball clocking at? I, I, I think I saw that he got up to 103 miles an hour the other day. Yep, I think he is the hardest thrower, uh, and he also has two effective breaking pitches. You know, one thing Roy Smalley and I talk about on our podcast all the time is, we just hope he throws the fastball a lot. You know, don't do the hitters a favor of trying your splinker because it sounds like a cool pitch and get beat on, you know, a pitch that hitters can actually get around on. Uh, you know, dominate with the fastball, then maybe throw your change, you know, your change of speed uh, enough to keep them honest. But don't don't forget that you throw 103. But, yeah, he, he looks fantastic. Jim, the Timberwolves got Brooklyn at home tonight. Um, are they going to have, I, I'd say, full complement of players, but we know that Carl Anthony Towns is still out, but are they pretty healthy going into tonight's game? Uh, pretty healthy. Um, now, Towns, you know, I, I wrote about it the other day. I thought, I thought it was a mistake the way they've handled the information around Towns' injury. Finch did come out uh, and say that uh, Towns is going to start practicing again. He started doing, you know, kind of non-contact basketball Um so he is on the way back. It sounds like weeks still. Uh, but other than that, I think they're relatively healthy. Jim, what do you think about uh, the uh, Players' Championship? Uh, first round is in the books. Um, some pretty low scores that looked like early in the day. It got tougher playing conditions. It seemed like later in the day maybe the wind was a factor. Um, that's a pretty tough course with a lot of water hazards. It, it's a very tough course. It And like to my all my favorite courses, you know, I mean, it, it, there's some funk on that course, right? I mean, the 17th hole, you can hit a good shot. It can bounce right off. I mean, there, there are some really tough shots. Overall, it plays pretty fair unless the wind's blowing like crazy. Uh, but, you know, it's a great risk-reward golf course. You can make birdies. You can make eagles. You can make triple bogey on pretty much any hole. It's beautiful to look at. It's a great TV golf course. Uh, it's a really cool course to walk around. So it's a great event. And it's also... Now, we won't get into it here. It would take too long. It's also really interesting to see uh, a live golfer defending champion, Cam Smith, not playing it. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't I, it's almost like it's out of sight, out of mind, the live golfer thing. I know that they were on TV, was it a couple of weeks ago? Uh, didn't get a lot of ratings. Um, seems like the PGA has been able to move on and do fine without him. Yeah, the PGA has issues, but you know, there's no doubt which you would rather watch. Um and the PGA has now altered their their rules and their scheduling so that they're going to have more of the good players playing together in more big events. That'll hurt little events. I heard the 3M Open that they're going to do things that way. But it's going to you know it's going to be more interesting to watch uh, on on a lot of weeks. And this is one of those weeks. Jim, one last one: uh, Is Aaron Rodgers going to end up going to the Jets? I mean, it seems like there's a lot of talk going on here. Looks like it. That looks like it's going to happen. Uh, it's not, you know, nothing's done until it's done. And Aaron, Aaron's a flake, so he could, he could be flaky at any moment and change things. But the Packers are ready to trade him. He's ready to move on. The Jets desperately need a quarterback. It just all makes sense. All right, Jim, what do you got in your podcast? Uh, let's see. Uh, preps, let's see. We have full slate up at talkdork.com. 
including Jeff Diamond show on all the Vikings moves and the Viking update show on all the Vikings moves. We also have a good John Krasinski show out uh, today. We will do um, preps day with John Malay and our chin music show with Roy and Lavelle and everything's at talkport.com. All right, Jim, thanks. Have a good weekend. We'll talk to you again on Monday. Okay. That's Jim Suhan, Star Tribune Sports Columnist, joining us every weekday morning at this time. Follow him on Twitter at Suhan Strib. Check out his latest column in the Star Tribune or his podcast at talknorth.com. News next.